I foolishly was watching the USA Gymnastics documentary right before this, oh. so I'm in a great mood. Oh, I bet and, you are. And glad to be alive. Yeah, I need to watch that. Um, I was getting the play-by-play from my friend the other day. It does yeah. not... not it, is, it is very good. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. doesn't really make you ready to ask stupid questions about crickets. No, not really yeah. the best lead-in. Yeah, I not thing. my smartest thing. Um, so, yeah, so that's a thing that happened. Good. <laughs> glad to see you're with us. Yeah, I know. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Thrilled. Honored, Excellent. even. Honored is, is the appropriate word. This is Why, with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. What makes a good mascot? A uh, high energy is what I would say. That's, uh, you know, most of the mascots I know that uh, have been successful are not the guys that you see standing on the corner just waving to cars. It's, uh, you know, takes a lot of high energy. And uh, and then I always tell my backups that I hire, I'm looking for characters with character. Meaning I <laughs> not only want guys that are entertaining in costume, I want guys that are good guys and um i don't have to worry about them going out and doing something uh stupid and getting us all into trouble right now i know you were you've been doing this since high school in some form or another were you always even before that a mascot fan uh no i didn't even know that much about mascots to be honest with you in high school i played sports i played baseball basketball and football and Rub Never really in, okay. got into the the mascot <laughs> thing until I went to college. And when okay. I was in, in college, I was um, sitting reading the school newspaper one day, and they said, read that they were going to have tryouts to be Truman the Tiger. And I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. So I went to this informational meeting, and then I um, went ahead and tried out. And sure enough, I got the job and spent the next four years of my life while I was uh, in college uh, running around in a tiger suit at the University of Missouri and doing college football and basketball games and other sporting events and community events and had a lot of fun doing it. So, Did you ever think that it would evolve into launching into your career at some point? <laughs> no, I had, <laughs> I had no idea. I was, I was just doing it because I could um, – you know, I, I got to travel all over the United States. The athletic department would pay to have the mascot go along. And so I was getting to visit places all around the United States and, uh, and having fun doing it. And plus they were <laughs> – it's funny because they would pay you a per diem so you could eat meals. Well, I had been given plasma at the uh, back at college so I could make extra money to buy pizzas. Well, this was a whole lot better than giving plasma. So, yes. <laughs> that was training. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so that's kind of how I got started doing it. And then I, when I was in college, I competed. They have mascot competitions. If you ever watch, you know, ESPN, occasionally they'll do uh, cheerleading competitions or uh, they do the same thing with college mascots. And so I competed that back in college. And uh, I think it was 1988. I took second in the nation. I lost to Buzz the Yellow Jacket out of the Georgia Tech. Classic. And then in 1989, I finished first in the nation that year. I beat uh, Zippy the Kangaroo out of Akron University in Ohio. 
And then wow. in 1990, I took second again. I lost to the Buffalo out of Marshall University in West Virginia. And so, so I kind of graduated with this mascot resume and a human resume. And the uh, first job I ended up with was working for the St. Louis Cardinals uh, baseball team as a character called Fred Bird. Um, had a lot of fun doing that. And I'd grown up near St. Louis. And so, and, uh, and then while I was there in St. Louis, I got a call from the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, wanted to know if I'd be interested in a new character. They were starting up called Casey Wolf. And, uh, at the time I had, I, Kansas City was the other side of the state, of course. And, uh, but I went and interviewed with him and was just very, very impressed with the Chiefs organization and uh, took the job. And 29 years later, I'm still working for him. So. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's amazing. So, so to go back to the um, mascot ch- ch- uh, tryouts or uh, sorry, the mascot challenge challenges. Right. What do you ha- have to do to gain that title? Are there foot races? Are there hoops to jump through? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what they would do is you would you would mail in a videotape of just footage from stuff you had done throughout the year, and so they get they get all these videotapes in. At the time, it was VCR tapes, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the advantages I had was I was a broadcast journalism major, and so I could kind of edit my own tape and and put it together. And plus, Very I, nice. you know, was able to use all the the nice equipment there that because I was going to school at Mizzou and they're known for their journalism and yes. had a lot of great equipment there. And so I'd put my mascot tapes together and um, ended up finishing in the final four or three years in a row. And so that's kind of made my mascot resume look good. And next thing you know, I'm uh, doing it for, you know, honestly, I thought I would mascot for a couple years and get a real job like everybody else but um you know 29 years later i'm still having way too much fun to go out and get a real job at this point yeah that's how we feel too we're fighting getting real jobs (laughs) every day (laughs) so we're in good company do you have a favorite sport that you prefer to mascot having done both mlb and nfl at this point I definitely like doing football the best. And I don't just say that because I work in the NFL, but, uh, doesn't it, hurt. In, in football, there is a, a clock. And when that clock runs out, you know, the game is over. In the game right. of baseball, number one, that in professional baseball, they play 81 home games. Professional football, we play 10 home games. So that right there attracted me to the NFL. <laughs> and plus in baseball, <laughs> Um, baseball games go nine innings, but if they're tied after nine innings, then they go 10 innings. And if they're still tied after 10 innings, they just keep adding on an inning after inning after inning. And so that if um, you end up with a tie game, that can make for a very, very long evening. And so I kind of like it where you know that after four quarters, yeah, football, we we go to overtime, but uh, it, it can end in a tie after overtime if you're it's, if nobody yeah, it's scores. Finite. You know, baseball they can play till the wee hours of the morning if nobody scores a run. Yeah, so and they often do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a favorite part of the game? A favorite thing that you do or cheer you participate in? What's your favorite thing to do during the game? 
my favorite part of the game is just interacting with the fans. And so I, you know, every game we help, uh, typically I help guys propose to their girlfriends. And so they fall in love and they decide they want to propose at a chief's football game. And so we make up a sign and on one side of the sign, it has the girl's name. And then on the back of the same sign, it says, will you marry me? And it has the guy's name. And so I'll go up to the seats, um, wherever, you know, I find out, I talk to the guy beforehand, of course. And so we find out exactly what section and row and seat number they're going to be sitting in. And, uh, we usually go up, you know, it might be the second quarter and uh, I carry the sign up so the girl sees her name. But what's funny is she usually thinks she's won some kind of a contest or she's going to get a free T-shirt <laughs> or something. And then when I get right to the seat, I just flip the sign around, says, will you marry me? And while that's going on, the guy's down on his knee proposing. And uh, so those are always fun. You know, we deliver a dozen roses with it. And, but we do anniversaries we do birthdays the big thing lately has been gender reveals so the lady's pregnant and gonna have a baby oh, and so uh, i help uh help them to uh find out whether it's gonna be a boy or a girl and so it's so it just the that's the fun part of the job is just being out there and interacting with the fans and um you know football games you win some you lose some but uh, my goal is to have fun whether we win or we lose do you ever get nervous for those proposals? I get nervous in the stands. <laughs> I'm always worried she's going to say, oh, I really wanted the T-shirt. I, well, don't, want to get <laughs> I don't get too nervous because I figure the guy better have done his research before true. he comes to me with the uh, proposal. So the only That's thing true. I get nervous about is making sure we spell the girl's name right and we go to the right seats. So, yes. oh so, my I, gosh. so yes. I tell the so I've got an assistant that goes with me and his main job, since I'm in a costume and I can't see, you know, you don't exactly have 20, 20 vision in a costume. Right. Uh, my, my assistant's job is to make sure that we get to the right section, the right row, the right seat numbers. And, uh, and, it, and sometimes, you know, you'll show up and the girls at the bathroom. So you got to circle no. back around and come back again a little later on, but but uh, yeah, it's uh, I try not to get too nervous over anything in life. I uh, I'm pretty laid back. So when, now, during games, uh, oh. during games, I was going to say there are moments where uh, for any game, I feel like football, especially since it can be you know a game of inches and it can get tight uh, in a variety of ways. Are there times during the game where you just make yourself scarce or? are you out there in the fourth quarter when it's tied and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm out there. The in, I'm out there the entire game. And so I'm, I'm cheering just like everybody else. And honestly, I've got the best seat in the house. I, uh, I can get right down there or close, just can't get on the field, but I can stand right there and watch the action. And, you know, even while I'm watching, I realize that there's kids in the stands that are watching me. There are probably some adults in the stands that are watching me. And so, uh, when you're a mascot, you're constantly on. So even if the game's tight, you're still, you know, cheering and, and, uh, but I'm also watching this because I'm a, I'm a big Chiefs fan too. So 
And you have a perpetual smile uh, plastered to your face too. That's so right. That, <laughs> that helps what. when you when you take pictures. You always smiling and you never blink. So that's yeah, I was gonna say your eyes true. are always open. That's right. So never yeah. taken a bad picture in twenty nine yeah. years. You look good in every <laughs> shot. That's well, right. And your, your job goes so at the mascot side of your job goes so far beyond the season and far beyond the games. I, I know you were just yeah. in India and doing all sorts of wonderful ways to give back. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I was, that's a, you know, I once read that if you ask a man his occupation, you find out how he pays his bills. If you ask a man, if you ask a man his preoccupation, then you're going to discover the real passion of his life. And my occupation's mascot. That's how I pay my bills running around in a costume. But my preoccupation, what I, I tell people what I'm truly passionate about are simply three things. And that's my faith, my family, and using my life to make a positive impact in this world that I live in. And, you know, I'm, I've got kind of a strange platform as a mascot that um, uh, gives me opportunities to spend a lot of time with, with kids and especially with young people. But uh, mm-hmm. with, with and I've learned that adults are just kids in an adult body. But but I get the opportunity to do a lot of speaking. I'm a little different than a lot of mascots where I actually go out and do programs at elementary schools and and also speak at a lot of conferences around the country to adults um, where I start off in costume, but then I'll take the costume off and, and come back and, and share with them. And uh, so it's just uh, give me a platform to hopefully make a positive impact in this world that I live in. And, you know, I, about five years ago, I got hurt uh, doing a stunt up at Arrowhead Stadium uh, mm-hmm. where I spent nine days in a hospital and I was off work for six months doing therapy and rehab. And uh, during that six month period, I, first thing I learned was that there's nothing good on daytime television. <laughs> and uh, since uh, I was sitting around with nothing to do for six months, I decided to write a book. And so I, I did. I wrote a book and about my career as a mascot and just places I've been and people I've met, just some of the crazy stories of being a mascot. All the money I make off this book, I when I go out and speak, I sell this book. All the money we make off the book, we give to charity and help support a lot of orphanages around the world. Because I just love working with uh, with underprivileged children, and so that's what I was doing in India. Is I got to visit three orphanages. We visited a leper colony. Um, and then had some fun too. Got to got to wear my costume and uh, dressed up. <laughs> Got to ride a camel and an elephant while I was over in India, so got some great pictures of that. And but yeah, so that's what it, that's what I'm passionate about is just uh, hopefully making an impact in this world that I live in, and and uh, you know hope, hopefully uh, putting a smile on people's face. That's fantastic. I've seen some of your um, on, on your website. You have at least an excerpt from one of your your talks yes. where you talk about your your accident and. Uh-huh. Um, how it kind of changed your life. And I don't know if it changed your outlook since you seem like a pretty happy-go-lucky guy to to begin with, um, but certainly reinforced some things to you, I would assume. Yes. Anytime you just about lose your life, you, it puts life in perspective in a big hurry. And, you know, how I got hurt is I was doing a stunt up at the stadium I, I was going to bungee jump and zip line into our stadium. Now, how that works is we hire a company that comes in, they set up a zip line. The zip line attaches to the lights at the very top of Arrowhead Stadium. 
then stretches all the way across the football field to the lights on the other side of Arrowhead Stadium. And then they attach a bungee cord to that zip line. So the zip line is about 260 feet above the football field. And I had done the zip line before and it worked fine. It worked great. And it was a lot of fun when it works and the crowd loved it. So we thought we'd do something similar, but uh, instead of just zip lining, we decided we'd bungee jump and zip line. So I was going to dress up in the costume, jump out of the lights at the top uh, supposed to fall about 20 feet. This bungee cord was then supposed to catch me and bounce me back up. And then I was going to go zipping out over the football field. Well, we practiced it on the Sunday be- or the Saturday before the Sunday game. And uh, when I jumped out of the lights because of the slack that was still in the zip line, instead of falling 20 feet, I fell approximately 70 to 75 feet and uh, hit the seats in the upper level Arrowhead Stadium. I hit the seats so hard that I knocked two of those seats out of the concrete. But not only did I damage the seats, they did a pretty good job on my body as well. So I broke seven ribs, collapsed my left lung, shattered my tailbone, cracked my my sacrum, uh, got a big gash on the back of my left leg that required stitches and got several units of blood. But then my worst injury, I broke the T12 vertebrae in my back. And the next day I had surgery. So I've now got these new titanium rods that stabilize that part of my spine. And, uh, but like I said, I spent six days in the, um, or I spent nine days in a hospital and six months off work. And, and, uh, yeah, when you're laying in a hospital bed and, uh, you just heard the doctor say, Mr. Mears, you're, you're very lucky that you're still alive. Um, it makes you pause and think. So, yeah. Wow. Now I've noticed there's video of you zip lining at Arrowhead. Yes. Uh, that happened. Get- that happened before I got hurt. Okay. You don't still, you still don't zip line now. No, do you? I haven't <laughs> had a chance to. But you would. Oh yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll, think, I'll never I, be the yeah. I'll never be the first guy to jump. But if it's I, I watch the first guy go and he comes out okay, I'm gonna be the second guy. So. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah, okay. that <laughs> I makes get sense. that. So yeah, I've I've learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So yeah, I'm, actually, I'm getting ready to uh, uh, parachute for the first time. I've never never gone skydiving, and so. Uh, my son is finally old enough now, and he's going to go with me. And, and so I, <laughs> I figure it's uh, time to get over this fear of heights again. And, and uh, so I figure jumping out of an airplane might be a good way to go. So wow, are you going to wow. do that as yourself, or are you going to? I'm going to do that. I will do that as myself. So <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. wow. So be, beyond your injury, obviously, just as a mascot, you have a you see the world from a different set of eyes from most of yes. us because everybody's smiling at you. I would imagine, with the exception <laughs> of a few children that haven't realized that mascots are friendly yet. But for the right. most part, what have you learned from observing the world from that lens? Well, a couple things. I've, I've got a couple quotes on my desk at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, one of them you may have heard of before, but it says, uh, laughter is like changing a baby's diaper. 
it won't change anything permanently, but it sure makes things more bearable for a while. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and I love that quote because it, it reminds me that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people in this world are going through some difficult things and, you know, anything I can do to, um, you know, help bring a smile to their face and add a little laughter and, and joy to their life. Uh, that's my goal is uh, just to try to, like I said, be a, have a positive impact in this world that I live in. And and then I, I got a friend of mine. He likes to say this. We're all like a jug of milk. We all come with an expiration date. The only difference is our expiration date's not printed on us. And uh, it's just a reminder that, I, you know, I don't know how many how long I've got here on this earth. I'm hoping it's a long time, but you never know. Uh, but I, I intend to use all the days that God gives me on this earth to hopefully uh, shine a little uh, light, a little love in this world that I live in. Love it. Very nice. So I I mentioned to my kids that I was speaking with a mascot. Um <laughs> My son is a Patriots fan, so we might have some <laughs> difficulties. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, I'm, to which I apologize. Um, <laughs> it was one of our big negotiations in my marriage that, that we raised the children this in this, in this faith. Um, but they wanted to know how you kept cool in that. Is there a fan? Is there an ice pack? Do you just sweat? It's uh, water and fur breeze are the two things we <laughs> I drew, uh, the mascots. We like cold weather and we like dry weather. So uh, I get hot every single day in that costume, even if it's, you know, we played the Patriots in uh, in January. It was chilly. It was a little chilly for everybody <laughs> else, but I was perfectly comfortable <laughs> so it it can never be too cold when when uh you're a mascot so under my costume i always wear shorts and a t-shirt uh the only difference between the preseason games in august and the january games you know when it's cold outside is instead of bringing uh 10 10 t-shirts with me in august i usually only have to bring about four or five in uh january and so because mm-hmm. every about every 40 minutes, 45 minutes, I'll sneak up the tunnel to my dressing room. I put on a dry T-shirt, give myself a shot of that special mascot cologne called Burberry's <laughs> and, then, uh, and then get a drink. So, but uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very hard to stay cool in a mascot costume. So do you lose weight after I do. every game? Yes. How, so how much does it vary? It's all wa- it's all water weight for the most part. Um, right. So I think the most I have ever lost was I lost uh, close to eleven pounds, and this wow. was back wow. when the Chiefs played on uh, astroturf. Uh, if you know, astroturf's a lot hotter than natural grass. Right. Oh, and so this was a preseason game in August, and we still had astroturf. Now, thankfully. Uh, arrowhead converted to natural grass probably has probably been 15 20 years ago now and i was very thankful they did because <laughs> astroturf just radiates heat and so mm-hmm. but that that's about the most i've ever lost but uh the key is just to try to stay hydrated so uh you start drinking the night before the game drinking water <laughs> Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't don't, don't, don't like, misunderstand oh. me here. You know? Yeah, 
I was oh, just about to quit the show. Right. Um, <laughs> Try to take so, me for your crown. <laughs> so, you, so you drink a whole lot of water and just try to make sure you're hydrated going into the game because by the time the game is over, you're definitely dehydrated. And um, I've had more than once where after the game, I've got an IV, you know, it, which sounds bad, but it's a lot better than sitting around cramping all night. You go, well, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Go well, to I the training imagine- room. There's got to yep. be that delicate balance, right, of keeping yourself hydrated but not having to go to the bathroom. Well, the good the thing day. about being a mascot is you sweat so much that is never an issue. So, so you're <laughs> yeah, the the body is an amazing thing. But yeah, <laughs> if you if, if you keep sweating, you don't have to worry about going to the bathroom. So, <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> and then, uh, how do you clean the costume? Is it dry clean only? I, well, actually I've got about 10 outfits, you know, I've done this for 29 years. So I've got all kinds of different, I got body parts everywhere. It sounds about <laughs> it. But, uh, <laughs> so I've got out in my garage currently, I've got four KC Wolves living and, uh, and then up at the stadium, I've probably got at least six more costumes up there. But what I do is like, um, uh, you know, Today, I had three appearances. So when I get back home, I immediately take the costume, hang it up in my garage. I've got a big fan that I blow on it that dries it out, spray it down with some Febreze. And then what I'll do is I will let that one hang there and dry out for the next, you know, three days. And I'll wear a different outfit tomorrow. And usually if I rotate them and give them plenty of time to, to air out, um, they, we never smell good. Our goal is just not to smell too bad, but usually <laughs> the quicker you can get them airing out and, and spray them down with some kind of, you know, Febreze or other, uh, good smelling things, uh, helps. Right. Yeah. Wow. That was fascinating. Yeah, I know. Have you ever, um, inadvertently without meaning to had maybe a neighbor child or someone walk into the garage and see Casey hanging there. <laughs> not looking yeah, well, so good. <laughs> I've, I've lived in the same neighborhood now for about 18 years. And so after a while, you can only, you can only keep a secret for so long when people sure. are like, Hey, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I work for the chiefs. And then it's always, well, what do you do for the chiefs? And, <laughs> and then, uh, moral support. Yeah. When you, right. when yeah. You, you, know, you come home and you smell bad and have a bad hair day every day of your life, they wonder exactly what you do for the chiefs. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so yeah, I've, uh, you know, and plus my, you know, all three of my kids, I've got three kids and, They've all taken me in for show and tell back when they were in kindergarten, which oh, is yeah, a long their, time ago. Their classmates had to be so jealous and so no. annoyed. Like their we, little, you know, stuffed puppy dog that they got at, <laughs> you know, the amusement park compared to you is terrible. <laughs> oh, it's been a lot of fun. I even got to go trick or treat with my kids too. And uh, <laughs> we went as, went as the wolf and the three little pigs one year. Oh, so. that's perfect. <laughs> that was a good time. So that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. So it's been, it's been a fun career. I love it. So what's next? Well, as long as they keep making ibuprofen, I hope to continue to do this for a few more years because I, you know, I get so many opportunities to go out and not only do your birthdays and wedding receptions and hospital visits and grand openings, you know, but uh, like I said, I continue to get so many opportunities to go speak in 
uh, schools and churches and, you know, Boy Scout groups. And, and I'm doing a lot more corporate speaking now, too. After I got hurt, I, like I said, I wrote that book. The best thing about writing a book is people think you're smarter than you really are. And uh, so you become not only a speaker, you become an author and a speaker. And then all of a sudden you start getting all kinds of opportunities. And so I've uh, I, so I get a lot of opportunities around the country to speak to groups, whether they're Chiefs fans or not. And uh, just I do a program called Courageous Leadership, Living a Life of Influence. And so I just try to go out and, and uh, encourage people to, you know, use the days that you're given to to make a positive influence in your homes, your workplaces, your communities, and this world that we all live together in. That's fantastic. Wonderful. And okay. I think that it's been kind of fun because, you know, I, I, these conferences, you know, they get a lot of educational speakers in, and, and uh, I tend to be more on the motivational, inspirational side. And so I do a lot of keynotes, kind of closing keynotes, uh, speak to a lot of educators, a lot of bankers, a lot of healthcare workers, and just all kinds of different conferences. And it's it's just been fun. I never never dreamed I'd do corporate speaking as well. But uh, uh, it's been a great, you know, with Casey Wolf, and I got kind of a strange job to begin with. So people are naturally, you know, interested in that. But then I've got the strange story now to go with it that. Uh, I'm not only yeah. an NFL mascot, I'm a failed bungee jump survivor. And there's oh, not many, of those, not many people like that in this world. So oh, that is true. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, it's I'm sure it, it's a it's an incredible story. And I love that you got back up and you're still doing it. But, oh, I don't know if that's about well, <laughs> I, I, I would wish you not to have had to have gone through that. <laughs> well, it's uh, I tell people it's not the story I would have picked for myself, but exactly. it's one, one the good Lord gave me. So uh, it's, uh, it's opened up a lot of doors to hopefully, uh, you know, do a lot of good in this world. And it's it's fun to be able to travel, you know, and, and visit these orphanages, because when I go visit orphanages around the world, I mean, those those kids don't know who the Kansas City Chiefs are. They don't know who Casey Wolf is, but they see a guy show up in a big costume and kids. I can communicate with kids in any language if I'm in a costume. Once I take the costume off, I need an interpreter in a hurry. But, uh, yeah, we've, mm-hmm. we've helped sport orphanages in Haiti and in the Philippines and the Dominican Republic in India. And then this here in a few months in June, I'm getting ready to uh, go over to Tanzania in Africa. And we're going to wow. do some work wow. over at the orphanage there as well. So so it's just fun to, you know, hopefully, you know, bring some um, bring some joy to people all over this world. To learn more information about Dan, to find out about all the great programs he's involved in, to order a copy of his book, or even to book him for an appearance, check out danmears.org. For more Y content, including behind the scenes, additional photos and video, as well as outtakes, visit whythepodcast.com. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It'll help other folks find us and join our cult. The more cult members you bring in, the better your seat will be on the mothership. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on social, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even LinkedIn. Today's show was produced by myself and Heidi Hedquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen. Our intern is Randy Jeanette. 
The theme song was performed by the Electrosensno Magnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. <laughs>